playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on FM 96.9 The Game. Hey, bring me another bucket of balls. We love it. I turn on the lights. I love the lights. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4. In the house, Holly G and... Serve him a black and tan, Will Perry. There was no traffic on I-4 today. Well, wow. not like it usually is. I was able to speed right on up here from downtown. Well, that's because it's turning into the ultimate well, I-4. I don't know. I still seem to get on the wrong, <laughs> on the wrong ramps, times. off ramps, yeah. and ramps that lead nowhere. That definitely happens plenty. Oh, Will, we got so much golf to talk about tonight. Yeah, heck this of a week is, from this prior is, this and then is, leading in. This is my favorite. I think, well, I don't know. The Open Championship and the Masters, kind of a toss-up. I just love Lynx golf. I love getting up at, oh, dark 30 well, and watching it. It's awesome waking up with putting golf Putting on the bunny on. slippers yeah. and, uh, you know, and just watching golf. Exactly. Uh, it. Watching the Open Championship, I remember going back to the, you know, when I was a kid, just waking up really early in the morning at, you know, sometimes probably even 3, 4 a.m. to be able to watch watch the coverage of Tiger playing um, and everything like that. And, you know, this week uh, is going to be a fun week as well. It returns to one of the, the regular Rota courses. At, Royal at, Burkdale. Exactly. So I'm sure there's a lot of, that we'll get into with Gary Van Sickle and Jeff Babineau and... And Jeff Shane's going to join us as well. And we've got our picks. We do. So, we have our picks. And which, by the way, neither of them even came close to the win from Bryson DeChambeau, which good for him, finally, kind of. Big breakthrough for Bryson, um, you know, having that somewhat controversial style of play, uh, you know, and, and being such a uh, outstanding amateur player. I think, you know, he, he wanted to prove himself, and he's done that. And um, watch out for him this week, too. He's well, one of those guys gets on a roll. Well, and it, it's it's good that he was able to validate a bit for a win. You know, he probably wouldn't mention that, but he's been mo- known more for other things than necessarily what he's doing with his play, from, you know, the custom short irons to the side saddle putting to just his overall persona and being a, a Puma-sponsored athlete. Um, you know, so it's good that he's now known for being a PGA Tour winner. And he had to fend off Patrick Rogers, which he's also looking for his first PGA Tour win. Uh, he came from that same crop of younger players from Stanford, won, I think, like 11 times, uh, beat, tying Tiger's record. So... Um, they they played junior golf together, and I'm I don't know too much about that backstory, but I'm sure that they've crossed paths uh, on many occasions before. And they will be teeing it up at Royal Burkdale with uh, those special um, immediate exemptions into into the Open Championship. A heck of an exemption to get last minute, isn't it? Oh boy, they were jumping on that charter and probably didn't sleep a wink. I am certain. Um, Big win, of course, the LPGA, the U.S. Women's Open, Sun Young Park, who they call on tour 
Tiger Woods. How about that? That's, that's a, her nickname. That's an interesting one. Uh, well, it's her first her first win. And we were talking about this with, I think, with Stu Eubanks last week. So many LPGA players, I wouldn't say so many. This is definitely a made-up statistic. But there's, I have this perception, and I'm sure other people share this as well, that it's not uncommon, as uncommon at least on the PGA Tour, where on the LPGA Tour many players get their first win at majors which just isn't as common of a thing on the PGA Tour. So good for her and a bit of a redemption story after she missed being in the playoff last year um, at the U.S. Open, right? Yes. As well, yeah. Yep. So, you know, the fact that she was able to squeak out a win and and do so over a a veteran such as Shen Shen Feng. And a teenage amateur, Jim Choi. Yeah. I mean, she was playing like... Right down to the end. You know, a walk in the park. Not uh, t- no pun intended. <laughs> a walk. What a bad a joke. A walk next to park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. A walk next to park. <laughs> In the park. Yeah. Oh um, wow. But yeah, that's it was... a dad joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Um, and uh, not a very good U.S. Open for the Americans. I, I think our best finish was tied for twelfth. Um, probably would have expected a little bit more from uh, Christy Kerr and. Uh, of course, Michelle Wee being injured, and she was Lexi out Thompson. early. Uh, but um, it was a, a good a good test there in Bedminster, New Jersey, and um, congratulations. And another major going on over the weekend, the Senior Players Championship. No, it wasn't the Germinator, yeah, Bernhard. He had, but he did have to fend off the Going for Germinator. four Pete. A no, four-peat, yeah. Yeah, it was a four-peat at Caves. Um, and and I guess, um, you know, three good rounds. And I just caught a little bit of it. The back nine where he had an uncharacteristic double bogey. Missed the short putt. You Bernhard. mean, uh, yeah, Bernhard. on 17 put his ball in the water. Yeah. Um, but hats off to Scott McCarron, who is, you know, really shining on the Champions Tour. I believe this is Scott's fourth win. Yeah, one an event. First major. Won an event earlier in the year. I was reading earlier just some some of the quotes from from the story and everything. And you know, he set a goal of of winning three events this year. He's two thirds of the way there. Was able to claim a major. He's still young. I mean, he's only fifty one. You turn fifty when you first uh, are are eligible for the Champions Tour. So, and that's also a common thread. Players who maybe have taken off a couple years or didn't play as well towards the end of their career, if you want to call it that, on the PGA Tour, but transitioning over to the Champions Tour. I mean, Kenny Perry and and um, Freddie Couples both won multiple times within the first couple of years playing on the tour, so maybe Scott McCarron's got a little bit of a run in him as well. And I happened to catch a, a little bit also of the Web.com event. Did Bryce, not catch any of that. Bryce Garnett winning his PGA Tour card Oh, and, did he had, uh, secure three wins already? And um, Rob, he, he just bested by one stroke uh, Orlando's own Rob Oppenheim, who you know we know uh, has played very well on on um, the Web.com tour. Uh, so congratulations to Bryce. And this was a significant win because now all eyes are on the Spaniards for the Open Championship this week. Uh, Cabrera Bello mm. wins in Scotland at the Scottish Open. Um, he's, uh, he's, he's one of those, um, 
kind of reminds me a little like Louis Oosthuizen. He's just sort of this smooth, silent, smooth, yeah. you know. We've seen him contend in a couple of other events so far this year. And uh, what was it? The last tournament that he won was something like five, six years ago, has had six second place finishes. And he was in contention at the U.S. Open, was he not? Or yes. was it the Players' Championship? Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, but... Um, I mean, he's got game. Yeah, he's got game and, you know, probably, uh, again, a little bit, of course, under the radar because of Sergio uh, sure. and and John Rahm, who, sure. as we know, won the Irish Open. He's won across the pond as well as here. And he's a rookie, like top five in the world. John Rahm? Yes. Yeah, well, what else is funny is that with you just mentioning that, John Rahm and now Kerbera Bayo have won in, is it back-to-back weeks? So right. bringing, allowing almost Sergio as the, the Spaniard coming in under the radar, which you've always got to love Sergio's initial chances at the Open Championship, at least. I know that I'm sure you have him on your short list of lovable lovable favorites near and dear to your heart. Um, so I may be going with three picks tonight. I'm just oh, letting okay. you know. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, at least now I know. So I'll be uh, locking my roster for later. Well, we have a lot of golf to talk about. We've got uh, live from the Open Championship and Southport, Royal Birkdale. Jeff Babineau is coming up next. And we want to thank Big Summer Golf Cart for sponsoring our special coverage of the Open Championship tonight. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, 96.9 The Game. We'll be right back. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. The struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders in the house. Holly G along with Will Perry and... Uh, our special sponsor tonight, Will, of our Open Championship coverage is the Big Summer Golf Card. We're giving one of these bad boys away, right? We're going to give one away tonight and announcing that for the rest of the summer, you can get it for $29.95. Normally $60, $29.95. This is the best golf privilege card in Florida for more than 22 years now Available in Orlando. That's through the website, right? More than 35 Orlando courses. You can go to BigSummerGolf.com. Just enter the promo code 2995. Buy your card for $29.95. You know what? Because it's the Open Championship, it's major. We're going to give away away three cards. We're going to give away one right now. Hello. 407-916-8255-407. 916-8255-407-916-8255. Call in now for your big summer golf card. And um, let's see, caller, let's just see how fast-fingered everybody is. Caller number one. All You're right. going to get your big summer golf card. And also, they're going to have a big tournament out at Celebration. Uh, that's going to be on August the 7th. It's a scramble. I played in the last one. A lot of fun. You can just come and play for $40. It includes golf, lunch, range, prizes, and all the money is being donated to the first tee. So if you want to call Celebration and sign up for that fun big summer golf scramble, it's on August the 7th. Only 40 bucks, and it goes to the first tee. Help out all those junior golfers. So 
Uh, we thank you all for that. We thank Big Summer Golf for being our special sponsor. And we will uh, waste no more time. I spoke to Jeff Babineau live from the Open just a few minutes ago. Live from the Open Championship, the one, the only, Jeff Babineau from Golf Week. Just coming in from a little dinner, Babs? A little dinner, yeah. A long day at the course today. Got a little rain this afternoon, and uh, we're ready to go. Can't wait to get a ball in the air tomorrow morning at 6.30. That's right. That'll be 1.35, I believe, East Coast time. There's nothing better. Going to set that alarm and... Have a little glass of champagne. <laughs> That's the right. Get a little champagne, little uh, jelly and toast and That's muffin right. and be ready for some action. Well, it's hard to believe we're just a year from that epic final round between Phil Mickelson and Henrik Stenson last year. Truly a remarkable uh, major and final round. Uh, Phil, I believe, going six under, uh, but being bested by two strokes by Henrik, and he is the defending champ. Uh, how are their games looking? Uh, I just saw the news that Phil's taking driver out of the bag. He's going to go with that uh, strong, hot three-wood, as he calls it. What's, uh, what's the scoop? Well, I mean, both of them are kind of searching. I think both players are a little bit frustrated. Uh you know, Phil's been frustrated that he hasn't won now since the 2013 Open at Muirfield. Uh, he doesn't have a win on the books. He's played pretty steady this year. He's he's made all his cuts, but there's a lot of finishes of, you know, T18, T20. He's just kind of missing that one shot around that gets you there on Sunday. And uh, Stenson's actually, you know, he was coming off his second-best season really last year. Uh, he played so well at Troon played very well at the end of the year and then got off to a really slow start this year, missing a few cuts and uh, just kind of been searching a little bit, you know, so maybe getting back to the open will kind of inspire him. Certainly has great thoughts uh, of his play at Troon where Mickelson was so good and Stenson was even better. So, you know, sometimes it's just little sparks that, that can get you going. And I think both of those players are looking for that. And we know, especially Phil, he can certainly get fired up by a venue and an atmosphere like the Open Championship. And interestingly, as I was looking around for top picks this afternoon, even on your list, I didn't see Philly Mick. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Philly Mick, when he won in 2013, it was his 20th Open start. In the previous 19, he had one top 10. So he really just hadn't figured out Lynx golf. And and something happened at Muirfield. I mean, I think he convinced himself finally that, hey, I could be a great Lynx player. Uh, he's got to dial it down. Like you say, he's probably not going to carry a driver here, which, I mean, it, the course gets some rain this afternoon, but it's running very firm and fast. So, you know, that's no big deal. A lot of these guys are going to be pounding one irons, three woods. Uh, you, you can get away without a driver here. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what it brings with him, uh, but he's not on my short list, no. Let's talk about the weather report because the last three days have looked ideal over there, and we know it's coming. And as you mentioned, it's the conditions that often negate length at the Open and really make it wide open in terms of a major championship, especially this year. Right. I mean, I think we're supposed to get a pretty good day tomorrow, and 
maybe some rough stuff the next three days, actually, uh, following that last three days of the tournament. And and who knows? I mean, I laughed last week. Somebody, you know, in the middle of last week posted a long-range uh, weather report for England. I mean, long-range weather report here is about 20 minutes out because it moves in quick and you always have everything. And, you know, last summer at Troon, we actually got a day of everything. You know, we had a day of hot sun. We had a day of cold wind. We had a day of rain. Uh, you got the whole mix. And, and actually, when you're over here at the Open, you kind of want that. Um, the first one I ever came to in 96, we got four days of 75 degrees at Royal Lytham. And to me, it didn't really feel like the event I always watched all, all uh, growing up on TV. But uh, since we've had a lot of ones that you get plenty of the elements. And, and that's a big part of it. You know, the draw is a big part of it. What, are you on the good side of the draw? Are you on the rough side of the draw? And it's all part of what makes this championship really great. And a guy who weathered the elements literally in 2008, last time it was at Royal Birkdale, was Padraig Harrington, who won with three over par that year. Yeah, and Har- you know Harrington was in a great run there where he picked off three majors in two years. Uh, you know, Tiger was kind of out after the 2008, uh, you know, U.S. Open when he won at Torrey Pines, and, and Harrington jumped right in and, and took two majors on the back end of that. And he won here. He, he uh, And he's a good sleeper this week, I think. I think uh, he's a guy I hear a lot as a sleeper this week. His game's in pretty good form. Uh, he played well last week. He's uh, he's just got such a positive attitude, and he loves Lynx golf. So it, it's a really strange open. You know, we went to one of the betting shops tonight, and the, the favorites of the tournament were 14-1. to 1. I mean, usually you're going to have players in single digits, but because so many of the top guns either have been playing poorly or they haven't been playing at all, uh, you kind of have a mix here that, that really leaves it as the great unknown. You know, what are we going to get out of Rory? What are we going to get out of Dustin Johnson, who struggled somewhat since uh, falling at the Masters? And Jason Day is 33-1. to 1. So I think it leaves things wide open. You know, we've had seven first-time winners in a row, and I wouldn't be shocked to see an eighth. Who's sitting at the top? I think uh, Vegas has... Jordan Spieth. Right. Jordan Spieth and Dustin Johnson tonight were 14 to 1, I think. And uh, Garcia was 16 to 1, down from 20 to 1. John Rahm is in there. I mean, he's an interesting player, winning on both sides of the pond this year, winning on links a couple weeks ago in Ireland. Uh, certainly an interesting play there. And, and I think Ricky Fowler is going to have a good week. You know, he's had great uh, ball striking stats this year. I don't think he's got you know, as much out of his play as he really could. And uh, he, he loves the links. I think he, you know, he watches a buddy like Brooks Kepka get a major. He's watching other guys come through and get those majors, and, and he wants to be part of it. So uh, he's another guy I'm certainly watching this week. Yeah, and speaking of John Rahm, uh, you've got Rafa Cabrera-Bayo, who won the Scottish Open, you put him in the mix with uh, Sergio Garcia, and the Spaniards are really a, a trifecta to watch here. Oh, what a year for Spanish golf. It's amazing. You know, Ron was in talking about that two days ago. Uh, he's just happy to be part of it. But, you know, he's the rising star. Uh, Bayo's a terrific player. You know, he kind of stole one Sunday at the Scottish Open. But uh, he played great at the Ryder Cup, and I think he's a, he's a guy kind of you know, he's in his 30s, but he's really ready to make that next step. And uh, part of that might have been his performance at the Ryder Cup. So a big win for him last week. And then 
you know, Sergio breaking through. And, and that's huge for Sergio to come in here now with a major on his belt. This is his favorite. Uh, it's his favorite major, even though he's won a Masters jacket. And, and he plays very well here. His last three years, he's finished sixth or better. So a uh, great ball striker. You know, now that he has a major, I think he can kind of look at it different mentally, kind of free will it a little. And uh, he's another guy that, that should be somewhere in that mix come the weekend. We're talking to Jeff Babineau from Golf Week and live from the Open Championship. Another guy who I think this championship would mean the most to is Justin Rose, as we know as a uh, amateur when he was 17, tied for fourth in this tournament and really broke into the, broke onto the scene, got everybody's attention, and then you know struggled a little bit before he's found his way on the professional tour. But this this place has got to feel good to Justin. Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, so much history here. It was so big. I mean, he just he exploded on that stage uh, the last time we were or or '98 when O'Meara won. Uh, you know, holding that shot the last, and shortly after he turned pro, he struggled. He missed. 20-plus cuts out of the gate. It was really gut-wrenching. He lost his dad to cancer, you know, at a young age. That was tough, too, to go through. And and, uh, he's just so – it's fun kind of to see him mature. Um, You know, he's right there at the Masters, losing to Sergio in the playoff. And you can tell now he definitely gears his play to the big events. You know, he peaked at the Masters. He was right there. It took some great play from Sergio to knock him off. And I think he will be a good factor this week. You know, uh, he's – He's in some decent form. He's another guy who hasn't played a whole lot, but he is in some pretty good form. And, and uh, as you say, it would mean a lot to him. and It'd be a great story. I mean, any Englishman here that gets in the mix on Sunday is going to be a big story. Absolutely. Now, it is interesting that uh, a little bit under the radar, a little bit, is Rory McIlroy, who you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have a story, too, about, you know, can Rory break out of his slump? I watched his press conference earlier today. Uh, he didn't seem too convincing. He was getting a lot of those pointed questions about, you know, where his game's at, where he is mentally. You know, the, I know those are annoying press conferences for those players to sit through when you guys are harping on that stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, I don't think he really can candidly tell you where he is. Uh, and it's not a bad thing. He just hasn't played enough golf. He's He played great to start the year. He had a promising 2017 ahead of him, and all of a sudden he had the rib injury. You know, a hairline fracture, and, and he said it's kind of been a catch-22. The more he practices, the more it hurts. So he has to manage that. He has to manage the pain. He has to manage when he's practicing and playing. And he has 10 starts this year. You know, he got married this year. That was a that was certainly a big life event. But here we are. It's almost August, and it's almost like he's getting started or looking to get started. So he doesn't have any kind of rhythm to his season. He really doesn't have any momentum, and he really doesn't know what to expect. I mean, the – his practice sessions tell him that he's hitting the ball pretty well and playing okay, but he's got to bring it out to the golf course, and that hasn't been happening. He missed three cuts out of four starts coming in here, uh, but I really think he's he's in a spot where he doesn't really know what he has. So, you know, check back on Thursday and Friday and see how he opens this tournament and can get a little confidence going, and sometimes it doesn't take much of a spark to really get him going on a hot run. Well, and another guy who has been trending in the right direction, and he's playing in front of, front of his hometown crowd, that's Tommy Fleetwood. Looking more like he should be serving a black and tan out there on tour, but, you know, he's fun, and um, he's he's won a big tournament over there, and he's definitely trending in the right direction. 
No doubt, no doubt. He's, he's had some big wins, and uh, he's up to 14th in the world. He's, he's on a world stage now. It's just going to be interesting how he handles being the guy here in Southport. You know, we were out tonight to a little tavern in town. They have pictures of him and good luck posters on the walls, and, and he's a big deal here. You know, he used to sneak on this golf course as a kid because certainly he wasn't uh, playing as a junior member out there at Royal Burkdale. So, you know, great memories for him, you know, being out here as a kid and, and knowing this place. And, you know, now he'll come back and play once a year with buddies you know, that are members. And, and he'd be a big story. And he's kind of got a personality where he's, he's a little bit laid back and, and kind of a calm guy. So maybe he won't kind of swallow him up being the guy this week. Uh, but it certainly seems like it's a lot to carry. And it's going to be an interesting storyline to follow. Well, it is one of my favorites in particular to watch on TV because you get to see some shots and creativity that you don't see anywhere else with Lynx Golf. And it really challenges these guys, both in terms of patience, if the weather kicks up and the wind and the rain and everything else that could be tossed at them. So now, Jeff, it's that time. Who is going to be announced as the champion golfer of the year (laughs) on Sunday? Well, if it's not you, <laughs> my first pick. But I'll, uh, I'm going with Jordan Spieth. You know, I look at these guys, the big guys. Like I say, a lot of them are, you know, we don't really know where their form is here in the middle of summer. Uh, he's coming off a win at the Travelers. It wasn't that pretty down the stretch, but I love the fact that he found a way to win. Uh, and he looks like he's hitting the ball well here in practice this week. He's definitely, uh, he peaks for the big events. And he just kind of looks ready, you know, and he's a battler. So, as you say, you know, Lynx Golf, you get some bad breaks, some bad bounces. You've got to recover from things. You've got to weather things. You know, you're going to have wind and weather roll in. Uh, there's a lot of things you go through in four days. And I just think mentally uh, he's mature enough and, and level enough to kind of handle it. And I think he might be that guy with the jug on Sunday. All right. You heard it from the one, the only Jeff Babineau, live from the Open Championship in beautiful England, and uh, at least for another few hours. And uh, sleep well, my friend, and we look forward to all your coverage on GolfWeek.com. Jeff Babineau, thanks so much, my friend. You got it. Cheerio. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, that's... My job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble, won't pay the price. I love my muni, I think it's nice. It'd be good to just make We're back, the Golf Insiders. Taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G. And Will Perry, we're on the... Eve, well, closing in on about, let's see, six hours, seven hours till tee off, one thirty-five a.m. Exactly. Uh, there are some great pairings. Uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. And a guy who has covered this event numerous times, we had to bring him in for his expert advice and tell us a little bit about what we can expect from Royal Burkdale. Gary Van Sickle, president of the Golf Writers Association of America, the big cheese of golf reporters, formerly with Sports Illustrated, and the rest of his accolades, we too much, we don't have enough time. I mean, he's just so big. Hey, Gary. 
Yeah, I've been busy trying to get that health care bill for the golf riders through the Senate, so it's been a tough day. Good luck with that. Well, it's been, yeah, it's, you it, know, we just don't, we just, there's just too much bickering, you know? Well, um, hopefully that's, you know, you, either A, you wouldn't be getting run over by a golf cart or um, having your arm taken off by an alligator, which, you know, if you're living in Florida, these are the dangers we have to put up with. Yeah, Gary. Or, I, do not, I do not get, I do not get the people filming the run over by a golf cart thing. I don't, I missed something. I guess I'm an old guess I'm officially an old guy when something's on video and I don't get it now. It's like, as in get it, as in know. you haven't seen it yet, or as in you don't understand it? I've seen it, but every, why is everyone doing it? It's yeah, like, it's kind of ridiculous. What started it? What, what's it all about? You know, I mean, is it supposed to be clever or funny? or what? It's definitely what? supposed I, I, to be funny, know, but now it's just it's starting to like get out of control. And all those other thi- all those other things. It's like, it's kind of boring, you know, well, don't you have anything better to do? Well, more pressing question, um, and I know I shouldn't even go here, but uh, are you going to be anytime soon enacting um, a, a dress code in the press center? <laughs> I've, you know, looking at some of Doug, yeah. some of Doug Ferguson's um, Hawaiian shirts that, you know, probably go back fifteen years. I think we need to burn a few of those. Well, if wrinkle. If we, if I banned wrinkles, uh, there would be no one left in the media center. So I can't do that. <laughs> Uh, we're referring to the uh, LPGA opposing address code, but we definitely don't have enough time to talk about that tonight, nor uh, do we want to go that deep in the weeds. Because we've got a major championship to talk about, speaking of weeds and fescue and pop bunkers. Uh, how do you like that segue? So what? That was pretty clue- clever and clean. <laughs> what, um, what, who should we be looking at, Gary? I mean, we've already gone through 10 to 12 players. Um, I... I Remark that I find it interesting that Phil, after nearly winning um, his second Open Championship last year, is not showing up on anybody's picks, which I find interesting. Um, yeah. You know, we got a lot of first-time guys that have qualified in the last few weeks, winning uh, winning tournaments here in the closing days of the weeks of the Open Championship. Um, it, you know, uh, they were talking about it. it was a wide-open U.S. Open. I don't think this has been quite as wide open, uh, open championship. Well, I think the big problem with the open is the weather is the most important factor. And even, you know, 36 hours ahead of time, you don't know what the weather's going to be. They got great weather. You don't know what's going to happen. It's, it's always a surprise. So, you know, it's funny cause I was just watching some highlights from, uh, the Jimmy Roberts show where they read, they read, rebroadcasting or a one-hour version of the uh, 77 Duel in the Sun of Turnberry. And they're showing Johnny Miller's playing with Lee Trevino, and they're hitting on 18. It's like it's just fun watching those guys play again. But you, you can't – it's it's burnt to a crisp at Turnberry in 77. It's like playing on pavement. How, how can you predict a winner when you have conditions like that? So although it turned out to be the best players in the game, but my point is, you went into Burkdale, they've had San Diego weather all week until now. Now the weather's supposed to get bad. And who knows? I mean, Aaron Hill is a wild card, and we got Brooks Kepka and Brian Harmon, because everybody else missed the cut, I guess. I mean, it's it's just nutty. So I don't – we should be looking at – there's guaranteed to be one guy in the leaderboard, half of the first round, where people in America are going to go, 
who is that? I've never heard that name, whether it's Alexander Norin or, you know, who was the guy who just got in from the uh, Scottish Open, Shinkwin, Colum Shinkwin. You know, somebody like that's going to be on the board. You're going to be scratching your head going, ah, what's he doing there? And maybe we'll get lucky and have a, you know, like Steve Stricker, who's played a lot and is kind of on top of his game right now. And, uh, you know, no one's talking about Rory, and except Rory thinks it's a good week to back him at 20-1. to 1. Uh, I'd, I'd love to sit there and say I know something, but I can't pretend I do because I don't think you ever do at the, at the Open Championship. It, that's true. And, and, you know, Steve Stricker is not such a, you know, a, a long shot. When you consider, and I saw a, a stat earlier in the week on the Golf Channel, that the Open Championship has the oldest average age champion, 38.7 years old. Uh, the next closest was the, is the Masters at 30 years old. And then I think uh, the PGA... Um, is uh, 28 and the Open's 26. So, I, yeah, well, you know, the, the Open is a lot of those courses are generally shorter. A lot of those places didn't have room, you know, like Augusta does to move tees back 100 yards. A lot of times they're baked, baked crusty like in 77. So, length isn't an issue and it brings a lot more guys into the field, plus the experience factor. Part of it's knowing where all the humps and bumps are. You got to play golf on the ground there somewhat, which we never do in America. So that that brings uh, that brings the, the mind of a grizzled veteran in, like a Tom Watson. He, he can stay competitive there longer. So I, I think that that totally fits. But again, if you you get them, you get you play the play the tips on a cold, windy day, and there's no roll and the, everything's wet, it's probably going to be a big hitter. You you just can't you just can't predict the weather. So of some of the, the more veteran players who are in the event this week, I mean, you've got uh, like Matt Kuchar and, you know, even Adam Scott having played well uh, previously in Open Championships before, Ernie Els as well. I mean, what who are some of, you know, the more veterans sticking with those statistics that you might think could possibly, you know, throw their name in the mix come Sunday? Well, Kuchar's a good one because, you know, he's about getting the ball in the hole. You know, he gets he's 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 great with a wedge, great with a putter. You know, Justin Rose, this is where he almost won when he was seventeen or he was he made a he had a nice finish. He didn't almost win, but he was he was fourth as an amateur. Uh but he's about great iron play and great chipping and great putting. He fits that profile. Uh, you know, I think Steve Stricker, you know, and, and Zach Johnson, the guy who's won two majors, it still Zach. gets no respect. Zach, I get you no know? respect, Johnson. Uh, he does, and I've said he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, and people laugh at me. It's like uh, you got to look at his—you know—he's done as much as anybody. I, it bothered me that he couldn't make any putts on the back nine last week at the John Deere, because that's normally the strength of his game. Maybe he's at that age where that clutch putt gene is kind of eroded. But there's a guy—I mean, you would—would would you pick Zach Johnson to win at the old course? You would never pick him to win there. No. That's where he won. So, Shorty? <laughs> uh, to no. me, he can win. Anybody who can make putts can win anywhere. And I think that lets a lot of guys in. And, you know, I would even say you wouldn't rule out Phil Mickelson because you just – you never can rule out Phil. You don't know what he's going to do. Yeah, And Phil always does better when you have no expectations for him. So he, we're not even talking about him other than the fact that he's got a different caddy and he's taking his driver out. But – you know, Phil's there, and why? You know, why, here's a here's a catchphrase. Why not Phil? <laughs> yeah, I, I, 
really was surprised to see how many lists he was not on as I was, uh, you know, doing a little uh, little walkabout before before the show. A couple other players. Let's let's talk about on this topic. Paul Casey certainly having um, a great year, and um, Patrick Reed. I'm, I'm looking at guys that really you know embrace the the moment and the 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 majors. Um, and of course, a guy who came out really hot earlier in the year, Hideki Matsuyama. And then another one, I would say, Ian Poulter, you know, Ian playing with a little yeah. chip on his shoulder. And, you know, right now it's like go for broke on everything. Well, if, if he can make putts like he used to, he can, he can get in there. And <clears throat> the worse the weather, the be- better for Ian because he's not a great ball striker. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's a scrambler. Here's another guy. And he's a great ball striker, not a great putter, so he doesn't really fit the profile. But I just something about Jason Dufter. I, I just keep thinking about him, and he won a memorial. He seems to be back in his game, and he doesn't know he's you know he's the opposite of Poulter. Poulter, sure, he's was born to win this Open. Jason Dufter, I don't think knows he's not supposed to not supposed to win the Open, which is exactly why he might win it. Um, you know, he, again, for him, it's going to depend on the weather. He, he's a pretty good chipper. If you got a three-footer for your life, he's not the first hundred guys you pick to hit the putt. But you know, he's already got a major, so the rest is gravy. I mean, so there's, there's like, I, I like, I like Poulter. I, I don't, I don't know if he can do it for four days, but I think, uh, you know, I heard Brandel Chambly say something on the Golf Channel last night, and I'm probably going to misquote him, but the gist of it was he was talking about Patrick Harrington and how he's overachieved and all this stuff. And his point was uh, great attitude overcome is more important than great talent or great skill or great whatever. Great attitude is the most important thing to have. And, you know, Ian Poulter's got a great attitude. And that, for that reason, and, and same with Kuchar, I think same with Adam Scott and a few other guys, they got great attitudes. Like Jason Day's got a great attitude. Uh, Zach Johnson's got a great attitude. So I think those are guys – I like that attitude thing because now you're kind of getting into the, the whole Zen karma area where, you know, you can't let stuff bother you. You know, I don't think Dustin Johnson will let, let stuff bother him. So that's one of the reasons, he, you know, one of, the, one of the key parts of his game is he makes a mistake. Yeah, well, whatever. I'll just eagle. I'll just birdie the next three holes. No big deal. And another Who's guy on? who very much, uh, well, I think maybe they're twin brothers of different mothers, uh, Brooks Kepka. I mean, he's, he's another guy that just, you know, low key. Low pulse. Uh, so, you know, there's just, there are a lot of great guys to watch. And it is interesting that, um, you know, actually through, I don't know, 45 minutes of the show tonight, we talked very little about Dustin Johnson, considering that's all we were talking about uh, until. Uh, well, Jason Day, too. I mean, how far it seems he's fallen, yet he's still ranked sixth in the world. Well, isn't that part of how Brooks Kepka won the Open? He happened to be in the right place at the right time at the right major where. The big four, three of them missed the cut, and the other fourth wasn't a factor. I mean, you know, when the the superstars don't show up, somebody's still got to win. So he wound up having to beat Brian Harmon and, you know, Tommy Fleetwood and some other guys, not exactly murderer's row. Yeah, they were all playing well that week, but, you know, would it have been the same if he had DJ and Spieth on his tail coming down the last nine? We'll we'll never know because they weren't there. See. When you got an opportunity, you've got to cash in, and that's that's just kind of the luck of the draw, the rub of the green. And I think we would love to see all those guys on the top of the leaderboard for uh, Sunday 
at Royal Birkdale. All right, Gary, we got to run. Thank you so much. Gary Van Sickle, check out all of his fantastic articles on The Morning Read, as well as the Golf Insiders blog. Listening to the Golf Insiders, 96.9 The Game. We'll be right back. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so lean and mean. I got good eyesight, I'll be all right. We're back. The Golf Insiders, wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house, Holly G., and Will Perry. And thanks to the Big Summer Golf Card, our partner, as well as special sponsor for the Open Championship preview tonight. Check out the Big Summer Golf Card, bigsummergolf.com, where you can play the best of Orlando's courses. They're all there uh, for only $29.95. $29.95. Pick up your card, bigsummergolf.com. Enter the promo code 2995, 2995, and you will get that special Golf Insiders price of $29.95, normally $60. And we're going to give away two more cards right now because we're on the eve of a major championship. And we have to give away away major swag. So caller number three. Three? Yeah, I like three. I don't know. It just came to my mind. Three and five. Three and five. Okay. Uh, 407-916-8255. 407 916 8255. 407 916 8255. Call in now, you win the big summer golf cart. And we're going to go straight to one of our favorite golf insiders, Jeff Shane from pgatour.com, to uh, give us our final wrap on the Open Championship. Hey, Jeff. How are you? And also a new blogger, the Golf Insiders blog, the Inside <laughs> Take. So we thank well, you for that. Your, yes, and, and thanks for uh, thanks for asking. And, and we had a, we had a good uh, good blog on the John Deere Classic, which lived up to what I had said. It still makes it interesting, even though it's uh, in kind of a tough spot on the schedule. But Bryson DeChambeau sure put on a closing flourish last week, didn't he? Yeah, he sure did, and um, he will be in the mix with uh, many of those first timers that got that extra. Um, advantage playing in those events leading up to the Open Championship. I want to I want to ask you a couple of questions because I know you've got you, you've done some uh, uh, special features leading up to the Open. Uh, for those that don't know, this is the oldest championship in golf. Uh, started in 1860. Uh, the Rota is 14 courses. Royal Birkdale now hosting for the tenth time. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, about the course. I know you've been there and covered the tournament many times, Jeff, uh, in terms of what we should expect. Well, the thing about Brookdale is it's actually relatively new compared to those other courses because uh, it made its debut in 1954. Uh, as you mentioned, it's only the 10th time that, that the Open is, is at Brookdale, but I'll put that list of champions up against pretty much anywhere. Uh, six of the eight champions at Brookdale are in the World Golf Hall of Fame we expect Padraig Harrington also to join the World Golf Hall of Fame before too long. So that's pretty strong. Seven of eight either in the Hall of Fame or destined 
to be there, and that includes Arnold Palmer, Lee Trevino, uh, Peter Thompson, uh, Tom Watson. Uh, it, it's, it's just really strong, and a lot of people will classify Burkdale uh, as the, the least uh, precarious, I suppose, uh, or, uh, of the open courses. The, the fairways don't have so many humps and bumps in them. If you hit it well, you're not going to get a funky bounce in the fairway, out of, out of the fairway, or vice versa. Uh, and I think that's part of why it, it, Burkdale is so strong. What do, Jeff uh, will here? What's your take? I mean, we, you know, the the Rota always plays on, you know, pretty much the same courses. Every once in a while, they'll they'll introduce a new course. Do you like that aspect that they're so traditional in terms of the tight knit, uh, you know, number of golf courses that they do play, or do you like, say, for example, what what the USGA is doing in terms of introducing some new designs, new courses, things like that into the mix? What are, what are your thoughts on that? I think we're kind of talking a little bit of apples and oranges. I mean, uh, in England, Scotland, um, you know, the home of golf, they're trying to to kind of play that that uh, golf as it was originated, and uh, they have a pretty wide rota. It's nine courses that are in constant rotation. Now we're going to add a tenth one in two years uh, when uh, when it goes to Northern Ireland uh, and uh, and Royal Portrush. So. Mm-hmm. We get to see those courses about once every 10 years. I've always said when we deal with the U.S. Open, we're a big country, (laughs) and we build golf courses uh, quite a bit. And uh, while I want to see Oakmont and Pebble Beach and and Shinnecock and Pinehurst on a fairly regular rotation, I think there's room to bring in an Aaron Hills or bring in a Chambers Bay, although I'm, I'm not sure that Chambers Bay worked out as everybody imagined. Uh, so I think I think with the U.S. Open, I'd like to see, you know, kind of a mix of old and new. But uh, when it comes to the Open Championship and Lynx golf, I, I think that what we have uh, is pretty stout. Yeah, I, I would I would say so. Um you also did a special feature on Tommy Fleetwood. We mentioned him earlier. He's the hometown boy uh, from um, uh, Southport. Uh, what what have what'd you learn about Tommy? And you know, do you think he's he's got a shot? Uh, it, it's a it's a great convergence because he's playing the best golf of his life at a time when the Open Championship not only comes to his hometown. The house he grew up in is a five-minute from Royal Burkdale. Now, he didn't play it as a kid because he came from a working-class family, and so he played on municipal golf courses growing up. But, uh, you know, imagine, you know, if you, you know, growing up and a major championship comes practically to your doorstep, uh, that, that can be a wonderful opportunity, and yet at the same time, Let's say Tommy Fleetwood is in the next-to-last group on Sunday, as he was on Aaron Hills. Will that crowd, will that swell of support lift you to something that you've never done before? Or, or can, it can almost be strangulating, too. Uh, it, it's an interesting dynamic that's going to make Tommy Fleetwood very interesting to watch this weekend. Well, speaking of interesting to watch, this 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 Open Championship may be one of the hardest ones to to. Uh, pick a winner in terms of who's going to be hosting that claret jug on Sunday. But we've got one minute. Jeff, 
dip into your uh, magic crystal ball, and who's it going to be? Here, here's a prediction I've been making all week. Uh, Justin Rose introduced himself to us golf fans 19 years ago at Royal Burkdale by tying for fourth with that great chip-in on the 72nd hole. And he's a major champion, so he's got the pedigrees, an Olympic gold medalist. And I say 19 years after introducing himself, he's going to be the first Englishman in a quarter century to hoist that Clark jug. Ooh, I like that pick a lot. That's one of my picks as well. I'm also going with Sergio. I think perhaps there of could. Of course. Well, I have to pick Sergio because I think there no could surprise. be a, a little replay of the Masters here coming down the stretch. And this could be Jordan's time to get one step closer to the Grand Slam. Will? All right. Quick. I already told you who my pick was, but Ricky I'm going to take Ricky Fowler and Paul Casey. All right. We're out of here. We love you, the Golf Insiders. Have a great open. <laughs>